This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Parshas told us, starts off, Eva told Yitzchak and Avram Avram Holy to Yitzchak, right? This is the generation of Yitzchak and Avram Avram gave birth to Yitzchak. It says the following, Yitzchak about being in the field. It says that after the kids were born, it says, There's a man of the fields. He was the man who went by the tents. So the question is, what's the difference between them? So Rabbi Yashem says the difference between them is cautious. That Esau was different. Esau was a man of the sub. He had no borders. He did whatever he wanted, no rules, no one telling him what to do. He just went out and did everything he wanted. He pictures himself as a free man, being able to do whatever he wants, when really, he's just a little kid who's too immature to realize that everything he does has ramifications. That if he kills somebody, somebody comes. Some, somebody gets killed out of that. If he does something wrong, somebody's going to be affected by it. Well, Yaakov was Yosef Ahalem. What that means is something cautious. Yaakov sat and learned with Gidarim and Siagim all around him. He sat there with Isurim and Rebbein telling him, Rebbein telling him not to do certain things. And look what happens. At the very, very end of the day, look what happens. Who could think of such a thing? Says Rabbi Yashiv. Esau did the most tremendous thing in the world. An unbelievably tremendous thing. He kills Nimrod. His grandfather's arch enemy. There was no greater enemy than Nimrod. Stavarim, the greatest Gibor, the greatest Melech in the world was Nimrod. And what did Esau do? Esau killed him. There couldn't have been a better mitzvah in the world. It would be an unbelievable mitzvah to kill such a Russian. Yet what happens to Esau after he does it? What happens to Esau after he does such a huge mitzvah? Such a mitzvah should be such, a, such satisfaction. And no, that's not what happens. He's oyev. He's tired and he's dying. He can't survive. He's running around and he's ayyid. He feels confused. He's upset. He doesn't feel like he did anything. Shot is, because eventually, taivas run out. All the desires that a person has just runs out. No chemda or taiva is enough to make you feel like you did your job in this world. Yaakov is calm and happy even when his grandfather, Avalaminu, dies that day. He dies that day. Yaakov was able to sit there and understand this is the role that we have in this world. People die. Things like this happen. And there's still a purpose. There's still something that I need to do. And when you do a good thing, when you get something to happen, you feel that satisfaction. You feel like you did something right. Well, Esau, when he does something, even when it's right, won't feel that satisfaction. That's the Machlokis in the womb. Esau also wanted Olam Haba. Yaakovinu also wanted Olam Haba. They were fighting. Yaakovinu said, I want Olam Haba and Olam Haba. Esau said, I want Olam Haba and Olam Haba. What did Yaakov want Olam Haza for? I can understand why Yaakov, why Esau wanted Olam Haba. That I can understand. Esau wanted not only this world, he wanted the next world as well. But what did Yaakov want Olam Haza for? Because he wanted a feeling of contentment. He wanted a feeling, and he gave this over to all of his children, and his children's children, and for all of us. That when you do the right thing, you feel content. If you do the right thing and you do a mitzvah, you feel like you did the right thing. Knowledge that you're fulfilling your purpose, you're fulfilling your mission in this world, because your mission is to do what a Kaddish Baruch wants you to do, even though you don't get every hano out of this world. You're doing what you're supposed to do. To feel that way, to feel that way of contentment, that was Yaakov's Olam Hazza. That's what he got for, that's what he got, and that's what he's able to understand. Yaakov understood Olam Hazza so well. He was the only person, that when they brought the brachos, he's the one that brought Yaakov Yitzchak of you wine. He gave him the matamim. He gave everything else that was there. And then it says, Vayagishlo, where is it exactly? Hold on one second. Here we go. Vayavilo, yayin, vayish. And he brought him wine and he drank. In the bracha, the Yitzchak of Yinu gives to Yaakov. And he says, Yitzchak of Yinu gives to Yaakov. And he says, Yitzchak of Yinu gives You should have wine. Yaakov Yinu gives Yitzchak of Yinu wine. And Yaakov Yinu is given. He's given wine as a bracha. As a bracha from Yitzchak Avinu. Esau, not only does he not bring wine, 
the wine is nowhere mentioned in the bracha that's given over to Asa. What's the shot? What's the difference between them? So where do you get the wine from? So granted, it was Pesach night. What do you need with wine on a Pesach night? Dalakosos. Got the Dalakosos. He gave him the Dalakosos. That's why there's a Mercha Kfula. It's a very weird type of truck called a Mercha Kfula under the low. But Yave low, Yain, is low. It's like a Gershayim on the bottom. The low, the Mercha Kfula is supposed to represent the two cups of wine that Yaakov was able to serve him before he left. The two cups of wine he was able to give him. That's supposed to be the wine that's right there. The Yonas of New Zealand and Canaan both say that it came from Michal. Michal brought it to him. But why didn't Esau think to bring it? Why didn't Esau say to himself, why not? Oh, 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 I should bring it as well. Here's a there's two different types of wine. One type of wine is the wine of Yaakov. Nichnas Yain Yatzasod. There's Nisocha Yain in the base of Mikdash. Chamra Verechani Pichin. The wine makes you smarter. A Nazir without wine is called a Chote. Kiddush, Havdalah, Benching. When you get married, wine is involved in all of these things. Wine is involved everywhere here. That Shira and Nevuah only come with Yain if a person uses it correctly. Yaakov, you know, understood that wine is so chashev that if used correctly, which he, which he knew Yitzchokin would do, you would merit a bracha b'kneatzma. At such an auspicious holy time, yain is perfect for Yitzchokin to take. Yain is the perfect thing for Yitzchokin to have. But Yitzchok looked at wine in a different way. Yud gimel vav in nem ruby yain. There are 13 woes, 13 oives that were said about wine. Al tihi b'sovia yain, it says in Mishlei. Don't be among those who drink wine. Hoi moshkimi boker shecher yodofu. The Pesach in Yeshaya. Woe to those people wake up in the morning and they drink beer. Esau looked at wine as an impediment, something evil, something that wasn't going to do anything good for you, as an escape, an excuse to do evil things, and even more of those, to go even further here of those. He was embarrassed to bring it in front of the Yitzchak because he knew the results of wine were never good. The results of what he did when he drank wine was never good. A person like Yaakov, you know, could have yayin in his bracha, but Esau will never see it as a bracha. Esau will always see it as a curse. He won't see it as anything more than that. And that's the difference why Esau could not give it over to him. To that, Okay, I got like three minutes. Let's say this before. The bracha the Yitzchak, you know, gave the Yaakov, starts off, And God will give you. Where's the and? What did he give him? And which was saying an and, he will give you. What's the v'yitein l'cha? So Rashi answers the question. It says v'yitein l'cha, yitein, v'yaksa v'yitein. He will give, and he'll give again. What kind of a bracha is that? What kind of a bracha is, I will give you, and then I'm going to give you again. What kind of a bracha are we talking about here? What is that bracha? The party Yosef gives one answer. The answer is that the way Olahaza works is when you have a bit of pleasure, you make a bit of money, you're happy for a little bit, and then it becomes expected by you. Once you become rich, you say, well, I'm always going to be rich. You start, you start expecting this is how it should be. What if the guy would constantly make money? He'd constantly be matriach. Every day he makes more and more and more money. He's going to be happy every day of his life. So a Kaddish bar who gave that bracha to Yitzchak to give to Yaakov, you know, that he wouldn't become rich quick. He wouldn't become rich overnight. He wouldn't just win the lottery and be happy right then. Rather, he's going to be rich every day of his life. Every day he'll make the money that he's supposed to do and he'll always be happy. Because he'll never be just satisfied with where he is. He'll always need a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And that's our bracha. Not to just win the lottery, but to win a little bit every single day to bring yourself up to a certain level. And the Rav Shur says very similar. The Nachash was cursed at Upper Lachma. What kind of a curse is that? You have to eat, your bread is the dust of the earth. That means you're never hungry. You're always able to eat something. So what kind of a curse is that? That's like the best bracha in the world. You're never going to starve. No, it's a koala. It's like a muscle to a king. A king sends his son away. His son sins, sends the prince away, and he says, get out of here. I don't want to see you ever again. Every week he sends him food to the palace where the prince is. Every week he sends him food. 
and he sends him one week, and then he sends him the next week, and then he sends him the next week. One day the king says, you know what, forget it. I'm just going to give him a whole lump of food, and it shall last him for the rest of his life. And he gives it over to the prince. And the prince, when he sees that huge lump of food, the amount of food that his father gives him, the guy's like, look, you're going to have food for the rest of your life. The prince starts crying. The prince starts crying. He said, what's wrong? You have food for the rest of your life? What's your problem? He said, that means that my father wants to have nothing to do with me for the rest of my life. Up until now, he remembered me every week. Every week he sent me food. That means every week he had me in his head. Now he's never going to think of me ever again. Now he wants to just get rid of me. Now he's not going to think of me anymore. The Nakash, this is the worst curse in the world. You know what the curse is? You can't daven to Hashem. There's no connection between you and God. There couldn't be a worse curse. The Nakash has no connection to a Kurdish Baruchu. Here's the Bracha. Yitain, the Yatsar, the Yitain, Hashem will give it to you constantly. You will constantly have Shaykhs to a Kurdish Baruchu. He'll give it to you once and you'll have to daven to get it again. Then you'll have to daven to get it again. Then you'll have to daven again. Because you'll constantly have that connection with him. The Orachayim says, there's another bracha that was given earlier by Yivor Chayu. That was given a couple of sukim earlier by Yivor Chayu and Pasuk Chav Gimel. And then the Yitain Lecha. The Pshad is supposed to be, the first bracha was for Ruchnius and this is for Gashmi. It says the Kliyakah. As soon as Yaakov you know, smelled, smelled like Ganeda, when Yitzchak you know, smelled that Ganeda on Yaakov, he took a whiff and he said, that smells like Ganeda. When he smelled that Ganeda on him, he realized that he was already very much Fliach and Ruchnius. He didn't need a bracha of Ruchnius, he only needed help in Olam Hazdeh. The Yitain Lecha as and I will give you a bracha for Gashmis, not only in the Ruchnias, but also in the Gashmis. Well, Yashav explains why such bracha sounds so strange. When you give a bracha nowadays, what do you say? Should be a big tzaddik, should be a big tamakacha. My son, Ruby, had a birthday. I went there to bring donuts, and all the kids got up and they all gave him a bracha. Every single kid said, You should be a big tamakacha, or you should be a big tzaddik. What does Yitzchak Avinu say? Yitzchak Avinu, what a bracha, right? You should be the greatest tzaddik in the world. So you should have a lot of food. Who gives that as a bracha? Who in the world gives that as a bracha? Who benches their kids on Friday night and says something, you should have a lot of donuts? Who does that? Who in the world does that? What kind of a bracha is this? The pshat is... I can imagine, like you say it nowadays. I wrote down in my example. You should have a Lexus and a boat and a tag watch and an iPad. <laughs> imagine somebody giving you... Yitzchak is giving you that bracha. You go to Rebel Yashin, Rebel Yashin sits down and he's like, you should have an iPad. <laughs> like, come on. What kind of a bracha is this? Maybe Yitzchak was planning on giving a bracha on Ruchnius. When he saw how Matzliach he was in Ruchnius already, he smelled the Gan Eden. It's the Yitzchak Lachon Gashmius. I don't want you to lose that Ruchnius. I want you to be successful in this world so you don't have to worry about your Ruchnius for the rest of your life. You won't have to worry about losing the Ruchnius for the rest of your life. But that's why Esau didn't run to get the bracha. You ever wonder? Esau spent the whole day searching for food. Esau's a Russia. He knows that somebody's going to try to steal his brachos. Why wouldn't he run back and try to get his bracha? Why wouldn't he keep running back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and say, Did Yaakov come here yet? Okay, good. Yaakov come here yet? Okay, good. Why didn't he wait? He's waiting so long. Why wouldn't he just run in there? Here's the pshat. He didn't really care. Because he figured, what kind of a bracha is Yitzhak going to give him? Yitzhak was going to give him Torah. And Esau did not want Torah. So he didn't care. When he heard that Yaakov had taken the bracha, he wasn't angry that he lost the bracha. He was angry that he got fooled by Yaakov. This guy tricked me twice. He was angry that he got tricked. That was the only thing that he got angry about. Because he thought, the bracha, what's the big deal? He pretended, he said to Yitzchak, oh, don't you have a bracha for me, daddy? And Yitzchak says, no, I got nothing for you. And then what does Esau do? He's just angry. Can't believe he tricked me. I can't believe he tricked me. What? Ah. But then afterward, 
Vayan Yitzchak. And he said, where is it? Uh, hold on one second. It says, Vayan Yitzchak. After that, Yitzchak said to Esau, I already made him a leader over you. All of his brothers I gave to him as slaves. I gave him a physical bracha. Now what can I do for you? When Esau realized, he gave him not a Ruchmiya sticker bracha, but a Gashmiya sticker bracha. He's like, oh my gosh. That's what I missed? I missed that? Then he said, You have to bless me. But you say, Then he cried. Because he's sitting there crying, How in the world did I miss that bracha? How could I have not gotten that bracha? That's when he cried, when he missed the bracha of Gashmiya, when he missed the bracha of Olam Hazer. Because he realized what he had lost. Until that point, he never cried about Olam Hazer. He didn't think it was anything. He didn't think the bracha was anything. You're losing your Olam Hazer because an Ebed loses all his property to the master. You lost your Olam Hazer. And that's what he said was so upset about. That's the idea. That's the Pshat. One last word. Still, how could Yitzhak give this bracha to Esav? Yitzhak Ha'alokim. Yitzhak Ha'alokim. Ha'alokim is what? Mirasah? Mirasah Din. Right? Only if you deserve it do you get the bracha. What's the pshat? Esau would never deserve it. He's a rasa. So what's the big deal? Why did God not want Esau to get this bracha? Give him the bracha. He won't deserve it. He won't be upset. He won't get any of the bracha. It won't matter anyway. Ramosh has a massive chiddush. Esau's mitzvah would have been different from Yaakov's. Maybe he would have been zoka because of the one mitzvah that he did correctly, like keep it up aim, to allow mitzvah din for the mitzvah to work. Maybe yes, maybe no. But by Yaakov, it's Sviva of Nisar If you're that close to a Kaddish Baruch a Kaddish Baruch expects a lot from you. Esav's Midasadin would have required less. The Bracha still would have been Mekayim and Esav, even though he wouldn't have been like Yaakov. You know. But by us, in order for us to get the Bracha, we'd have to do what a Kaddish Baruch wants us to do. So what do we speak about? Sada versus the Oral, freedom versus religion. By them, there's no satisfaction. By us, there's satisfaction. Wine in Olam Haz is a major difference between those two outlooks on life. Wine by Yaakov is a Bracha, by Esav it's a curse. The Yitin, what of the bracha was there? The bracha of bracha of Gashmis that went with the Ruchmias. And the Midas Adin of Esau is less expectations. It's sad, but that's what it refers to. You should call out, guys. I'm sorry it's so short. Have a good time.